a story about XM Radio. What? What? Well, you know, I'm sure. I hope it's not typical, but uh, yesterday while flying down here uh, in a citation, about 15 minutes into the flight, our XM weather went off, and a, it popped up and said XM weather receiver not activated. And we tried the usual thing, pulling a circuit breaker, things of this sort. Well, we finally went into the setup page and see, well, we're unpaid. They've cut us off. <laughs> now, now, you know, there's 15 minutes into a two-hour flight. Well, it goes on more than that. I mean, it really gets funny. Hey, what it is is we've got automatic renewal with the credit card. We got two airplanes, both NASDAQ and a citation on this on this particular account. In January, January 12th, something happened and they didn't charge us to the next day. So, but they've accepted our money for February, March, and April. But two dollars and thirteen cents apparently showed as open on each airplane. So they cut them both off. Oh. Now that's not it. We call them up. Hey, well, what's up? Well, you never paid your two dollars and thirteen cents. <laughs> well, we paid the other sixty dollars a month for the last three months, you know, and you've got our credit card. What's well, anyhow, the bottom line is, well, you're going to have to not only pay that, but you're going to have to pay $75 per plane for a reactivation fee. No way. <laughs> I, oh, Hal, what, did you give them a piece of your mind, Hal? No, I say they're lucky it wasn't me calling them. But with further <laughs> negotiation, I want you to know they are going to reactivate both aircraft tomorrow for only one $75 fee. That's pretty generous, huh? Uh, Hal, you are a much kinder spirit than I. I would be ripping my hair out and bad-mouthing. What seems to be a mistake on their part, and now they're charging you another $75, and now they don't give you any warning. That is not safe for them to be sending people up and cutting off their subscriptions without some sort of warning, right? You could have been in some sort of situation where that could have been required, and you would have no way of knowing that. So I'm very taken aback that XM, Sirius, whatever they're calling themselves. That's definitely now. a thing here. Let me jump in here and say welcome, folks, to uh, this is the UCAP Daily. It's uh, episode 179, Charlie. Uh, we're here on day, I believe it's three of uh, the 2010 Sun and Fun Fly-In. You really lose track quickly, don't you, son? Why? What day is it really? Three. It is three. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I, I just know that I'm not sure. That's all there is to it. Uh, and uh, we've got to gather our little, little crowd gathered here. Let's see now. Dave Higdon is here, and James Winbrandt is here, and we also have two great friends of the podcast, Hal and Sandy Shevers, are joining us as well here. And, uh, and uh, Jeb is still off on assignment. He'll be back for tomorrow's daily, but uh, he's off uh, in the real world uh, doing real work. Just... Uh, Undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. Well, that's a pretty interesting story. How are you doing, Hal? We haven't seen you in about a year, I guess, right? Well, it has been a year, and uh, business, you know, for the last two years has really sucked. But I guess that's the nicest way to say it. But I'll tell you, all of a sudden, in the last four to six weeks, there is a distinct upturn. Now, is it pent-up demand, or is it sustainable? I I hope we're coming out of this. That's great to hear. How, well, how do you feel about uh, Sun and Fun, the fly-in this year? Well, I love Sun and Fun. This is the place to be, and uh, this is uh, spring break uh, for old guys like me. <laughs> how about you guys? What has hap what's happened to the fly-in for you today? Have you seen anything fun? 
I saw a number of things fun, including a, a very brief uh, recreation of Carnival from Rio de Janeiro, courtesy of uh, some folks from Brazil that are organizing their own trade show down there in May of this year. You're getting into the exotic thing this day. It was Dominican Republic the other night. and Domin Dominican Republic yesterday, and I've still got those cigars to smoke. Uh, Brazil today, and uh, they invited me back tomorrow. Apparently, they have some 12-year-old scotch that they weren't able to finish. So. Uh, too. <laughs> Sandy, I know you fit right in. And, and I want to see you. Say, bon dia, just like there you they go. say it in Brazil. And I want to see you in one of those headdresses that the girls were having such trouble in the wind with because oh, yeah. it's still howling here. This is Kansas and Florida where the winds are concerned. <laughs> How about you, James? What's going on today for you? Well, you know, there's so much excitement here. We all have our eyes open, uh, focused on the flight line and all the great aircraft on exhibit and being displayed. There's a there, flight line? There certainly is. And if you got out of uh, the Dominican Republic and out of that 12-year-old scotch there, <laughs> you might notice. But there's also things going on in back there. We've got the forum tents with where you can find out just about anything about any airplane and see some amazing people. So I went to Corky Fornoff's seminar today, his forum, where he was talking about his career as, first of all, as an airshow pilot with his mentors, Bob Hoover, who is his dad's great friend, and then all the movie work he's done, which was spectacular, and they had some of the clips from some of the work he's done. He explained all this fantastic stunt flying. The BD-5 work in Octopussy, where he flew through the hangar and came through the doors that they were clo closing on the opposite end, knife-edged, and this is all real stuff. I, mean, I was going to say, back in the day before CGI, before CGI made you question everything. Exactly, exactly. So it was all amazing stunts done, uh, dropping somebody on a horse in gallop from an ag cat <laughs> it's amazing. That had to be a fast horse. At 30, the horse went, they clocked it. The horse was capable of running 38 miles an hour. The Ag Cat had a stall speed of 40. It had a 15-knot headwind that day. So <laughs> they worked all this out. They explained how all the work that goes into this. Quite amazing. Now you're headed off to some sort of social event, some sort of party tonight. What's that all about? Well, I may go to uh, Chalet Suzanne, where the fine folks have found aircraft to make the wonderful Bush plane from Canada are having a big to-do. Chalet Suzanne is... The fine folks who make the wonderful... It's a free ticket tonight, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> well, it's a, a great airplane, so if the ticket ain't free for them. They were kind enough to invite me. And yeah. so, looking forward to that. Uh, Chalet Suzanne, it's about uh, 30 miles from here, and it's a fly-in restaurant year-round uh, with a beautiful turf strip, so something that attracts people 365 days a year. I had kind of a fun day. Um, I've been volunteering throughout the week uh, as one of the uh, on-deck announcer, on-the-porch announcers at, at Sun and Fun Radio, and uh, they just, they line these things up and they say, okay, now you're interviewing this person, now you're interviewing that person, and I've been interviewing interesting people all week long, but today I got to introduce, introduce, interview uh, uh, Craig Fuller uh, from AOPA, which was pretty interesting. The first chance I've had to talk with him, and uh, uh, interesting guy. We talked, uh, we, he was with us for two seconds two 10-minute segments. The first one, we talked a lot about the AOPA, the normal, you know, kind of business and industry and, and you know, state of the aviation world thing. But the second segment, we talked a lot about his just experience as a GA pilot and uh, how he got started and where he learned and different airplanes he's flown. And that was pretty interesting. I enjoyed that. I also interviewed uh, a uh, the guy who is the uh, director of flight uh, services for uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, which was kind of interesting. And uh, I I'm going to leave that conversation for the big podcast because I 
I have a few things to say about that. But good. Uh, you all will. Yeah. Good. Just Jeb especially. Too short. Jeb's always yeah. good on that one. But, uh, but I did have a chance to talk with him for a few minutes. So, uh, And then finally, I wanted to say that I joined uh, the, uh, this is kind of cool, the Recreational Aviation Foundation. This is an organization that's relatively young. It's pretty obvious, folks, that the uh, air show is going on in the background here. And uh, we're, we're trying to do our best to speak over the There's airplanes here. Yeah, there's airplanes. Yeah, and a flight line. The Recreational uh, Aviation Foundation is uh, is uh, intended to uh, let's see now. Recreational Aviation Foundation is ready to preserve and enhance your recreational flying experience. They are uh, uh, focused on preserving backcountry airports, uh, and so they're uh, in the process. They they got started out in the Rocky Mountains, and I'd heard about them out there, um, but I'm not out there very often, so it was sort of interest from a distance. But when I was in their booth, I discovered that they have a guy who's uh, the New England regional guy, and and he we talked. And he's got a lot of, there's a lot of backcountry airports in, particularly up in northern New England, up in northern New Hampshire and northern Maine and that kind of thing. And, uh, um, and they're, they're trying to identify all the airports and then put together programs to uh, get access, to, to get permission for pilots, you know, in, you know, public pilots, you know, to visit them and then to uh, figure out ways to main, keep them maintained over time. So, As you say, out west, I know they did that. And I guess it was the BLM that was trying to shut down access to some of those airports and, and that were back to the mining days and whatnot, uh, uranium mining, not, not gold mining. Very important to keep those strips preserved and open. Yeah. Um, obviously, we also have Sandy here. Sandy Shevers, how are you doing this day? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, actually, I'd, I'd like to put a plug in for something that's going to be going on at Sporties a month from today. Well, Please it's on do. Saturday, May 15th. Now, it doesn't, it's not like EAA Sun and Fun. It's not a, a week-long thing, but we have Sporties fly in on Saturday, May 15th. And it's also International Learn to Fly Day. And also we're giving away our sweepstakes plane, which this year is a Cessna Skycatcher. And you can fill in on what I'm forgetting, Hal. But no, anyway. Sandy, keep talking. You're, you're, doing, uh, you're doing better than I do. But we have several exhibitors. Uh, we have one, one big tent with several exhibitors. We have free hot dogs for people who come in. Seminars. Uh, I know I'm forgetting something. S S Sandy, you were great. I I'm, I'm used to you just yelling at me and hair. Uh, <laughs> wow. If somebody flies in, can they like get a tour of, of Sandy Farm Acres? Sandy's Farm. We give tours of Sandy's Farm. Sandy's Air Park. Call it, you can Sandy's Air Park and the street that runs down it is called Sandy's Farm Lane. Sandy's Farm is even going to have a uh, display at this fly-in. They're going to have a booth, and it's going to be manned by uh, Phil Boyer. Who is a resident of Sandy's Air Park. That's great. That's great. Now, now that may be a special edition of the of your fly-in, but you do a fly-in, uh, a barbecue kind of thing on a regular basis. Now we have the Saturday barbecue every every week, rain or shine. If it's bad weather, we go inside, but we do that every Saturday. But this, of course, is a special event. It's a once-a-year event, and we'll pray for better weather this year than we had last year. <laughs> and on Saturdays, if you're a regular and you've made at least a $1,000 donation to the Sporties Foundation, you get to sit at the liar's table. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard liar's table. No, no, tell us. You, I want Sandy to tell us a little about the liar's table. I have never sat at the liar's table because, of course, I I'm wouldn't not think. a liar. I think you had, no. But 
we have a table in our lunchroom, and there's actually a little plaque on it that says, liars only, please. And I believe there's another sign, something about reservations. Oh, you need That's a reservation there. to sit And there. this table normally holds six people, but the table expands a great deal on Saturdays, and there's 10 or 12 people sitting around this one table for six. And they, of course, well, you've heard of fish stories. Well, it's airplane stories. Airplane, and airplane yeah, stories, yeah, yeah, right. In, a, in aviation, you'd need an elastic table. You know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. A real elastic table. Some elasticity that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for today's uh, UCAP Daily. I want to thank everybody. Thank Hal and Sandy and uh, James and, and uh, David. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with another one of these. But uh, that's it for uh, day three. And uh, UCAP 179 Charlie. That's all, folks. And you know, if, if this was controlled airspace, I wouldn't be here. <laughs>